Hey, hey, it is May, and that means that I am celebrating mom's big time over here at Mama Simpatico. Because Mother's Day is this month, I want to offer free mom life check-ins to both village members and non-village members. So if you could use a little live virtual support, connection, laughter, a place to shed a tear, or just to spend an hour with moms who get it, come hang out with me and fellow mamas. Head on over to mamasimpatico.com backslash momlifechecken, all one word, no hyphens, to sign up. I hope to see you there. Welcome to Mom School, where I help busy and stressed moms like you create a more joyful, balanced, and fulfilling mom life journey. My name is Lacey Newton, and as a mom of two and creator of Mama Simpatico, I understand the challenges of motherhood all too well. And through my own journey of discovery, I've learned the power of mindfulness in helping me move from surviving to thriving. I want to help you intentionally create a mom life that feels good and is aligned with who you are and who you are becoming. So join me on this journey to raise the tide of happiness and mom life for all of us mamas. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Have you ever found yourself in a moment where things were basically okay, but also notice that you are quite tense and maybe even a little bit irritable or frustrated in general and not really sure why. I think we all have probably been there and more often likely after becoming moms. There are so many reasons related to mom life in particular that it's hard to relax. We have wild schedules. We play many roles. There's very little time to do all the stuff. There's mess, there's physical mess, and there's the emotional messiness of family life. We feel on all the time, which is especially hard for introverts, and I'm raising my hand to that one. We can be pulled in many directions, and one event can even trigger like an hour-long detour from the plan for the day, like how putting food on the plate in the wrong way can trigger A meltdown for a toddler and a car nap could even throw off a little one's whole day too, the sleep schedule and all of that. We also might not be able to access our relaxation because we don't have the confidence that we can handle a situation or we're really focused on protecting a child and making sure that they're safe from physical harm, emotional harm, and that they have everything that they need to become successful adults. I mean, there are so many reasons why in mom life in particular it is hard to relax. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you about three different areas that you can look at in your own life to gain some more self-awareness of what gets in your way of relaxing so that you can increase your mindful moments and act skillfully and see what's going on, make changes that feel good to your body, and bring on the relaxation. In the previous episode, we talked about how relaxation is very healthy for us, And there's lots that we can do to help ourselves gain a bit more relaxation. There are practices that we can engage in during the day that when we do them several times a day, build up and give us an overarching sense of relaxation. So let's say that you're getting good at these practices, but you're still having a hard time feeling the relaxation, the impact of it all. So what is getting in the way? That's what we are talking about today. I'm going to highlight three potential obstacles that might be in your way, and I'll leave you with some areas to explore within yourself. And hopefully at the end of this episode, and maybe in the next couple of days as you think on it, 
you're going to walk away with a little bit more self-awareness as to what is getting in your way. The first obstacle to consider that might be getting in the way of relaxation is that you might be using some old coping strategies that used to work for you in the past that are no longer actually helping you anymore. We develop these coping tools as kids or adults or even just a day younger than we are right now because our brain is trying to keep us alive. And as Forrest Hansen says, our brain wants to keep us alive but not happy. And it's true. Our brain is wired for survival and it's going to help us figure that out. And once we figure out how to seemingly navigate a situation safely and protect ourselves, our brain is likely to use that way again. Pathways get wired and established, so we keep using pathways that no longer serve us as we grow and age and evolve. And and these old coping methods were really important to us at one point in time. They really did help. But when they're no longer serving us, it can become a problem. Here are a few examples of some coping strategies that might be getting in the way. One might be fixing others so that they don't experience a distress. And sometimes it gives us anxiety ourselves or discomfort ourselves, and we're really trying to fix it for them so that that relieves our own internal distress or anxiety. Another example might be shutting down. If you felt like it was just better to just avoid conflict, just stop talking when you're upset and not share your inner world. As an adult, it starts to look like stonewalling possibly to other people. Another pretty common example that people struggle with is worrying, worrying as a way to cope with stress or being hypervigilant about what's going on around. And I tend to worry. This is one that I struggle with daily. Worrying could be a coping mechanism that seemed to be helpful in the past, like planning and relieving the anxiety of the unknown, but it actually doesn't really serve to help and it distracts us from the relaxation that's available in a current moment. A couple more might be having feelings of guilt for things that we're not responsible for or distracting ourselves from hard feelings or hard circumstances or avoiding it altogether. So all of those old coping mechanisms that we've accumulated really did have a place in our lives at one point in time. There are likely many more that I didn't even mention. But these ways of dealing with stress and problems and triggers and challenges aren't helpful anymore, especially in mom life. Like if we distract ourselves or avoid a tantrum that our child is going through, we're, we're not going to be helping them navigate their big feelings. And if we're worrying instead of relaxing into the fun moment of playing with our kids or reading them a story, we're not able to access that relaxation. And changing from old to new coping tools is tricky. Change takes effort. And sometimes we perceive it to be more challenging to change than to stay the same. It can be uncomfortable and doing new things can bring its own level of anxiety because it's just uncomfortable and unknown. And it can feel strange and foreign. And that could even possibly trigger you to use that old coping mechanism again. So it's a real challenge to change these old coping mechanisms. But mindfulness is a beautiful tool for doing it because you'll begin to watch yourself do it almost like a bird soaring over your experience and seeing that, oh, there I go again. I'm starting to worry without any real call to action or I'm feeling like I'm shutting down and not wanting to talk to my partner because I'm angry and I'm trying to protect myself. But then you can give yourself that mindful moment 
that beautiful moment of choice and make a different choice. So knowing that changing an old coping tool might have its own level of uncomfortableness is really helpful thing to know because you can recognize it kind of a meta thought here. You can see it and decide, oh, this discomfort of trying something new isn't a reason to go back to doing the old thing. It's just a breaking in, like a new pair of shoes. When you get some new running shoes, it's hard to let the old ones go. They worked so well for so long. They've worn down in ways that are comfortable for our feet, but sometimes it's time to get new ones and there's an adjustment period. So we've talked about these old coping tools being an obstacle to our ability to maintain relaxation. And the second obstacle I want to talk about is our perception of stress. What do you think about stress? Do you think that stress is a normal part of life? Most Americans think stress is bad. Like we should not be experiencing stress. Is this what you typically think? Because if we think about stress and worry about having stress, we are actually getting more stressed out trying not to have this stress. Kelly McGonigal has a wonderful TED Talk that I'll link in the show notes below where she talks about how as a therapist, she used to try to help her clients avoid stress and tell them it was bad for them. But after coming across some research, she realized that it's not that stress is bad for you. It's your perception of the stress that you experience that can be good or bad for you. So if we start to think that stress is a normal part of everybody's life and we think, gosh, I can do this. I know how to manage this stress. We are actually going to be getting more benefit and more relaxation than if we're saying, oh my gosh, there's stress in my life something must be wrong or I'm doing something wrong. I shouldn't be experiencing this. If that's your thought process, you're going to make yourself more stressed by trying to avoid stress. And that kind of constant pushing away of the stress is going to be a low-lying stressor that you will end up bringing with you throughout your whole day. And really the research says that there are two types of stress and it is important to know the difference so you can label it. And so you can possibly look at your stress differently and start to change your relationship to it. There's what's known as toxic stress. This is a pervasive ongoing stress where there's no breaks. You don't have any resources or tools to help solve it and you don't have any help to get through it. And then there's what's called hermetic stress. And that's a brief stress. It's like studying for a test. The stress comes up and then it goes away after the test. It helps you perform in a situation. It's like planning for an event, a holiday, a trip. The stress comes up to help you act, to help you do something outside your norm. And then once the event is over, it goes away. Hermetic stress can give us the adrenaline that we need to energize us and perform in the certain situation. And it's actually been shown to be beneficial at even our cellular level because it activates our own internal healing, stress, and resilience. So it's good to have some stress in our lives. It's typical. It's normal. And I'd like you to play with thinking of the stress you experience as a mom as a regular part of mom life. And I know that this isn't every situation or every type of stress, but starting to just try it on in different situations. Is this hermetic stress or toxic stress? And if it's hermetic stress, just letting yourself know, this is what moms go through. This is part of being a parent 
It's part of raising kids. It's part of having a little person that you're trying to help navigate a whole new world. And this is part of it. And then remind yourself that you're going to figure this out because you always do. You always have. The third obstacle that might be getting in your way of living with relaxation is what I'm going to call expectations and resistance. And I'd like to envision this as two sides of the same coin. When it comes to expectations, we can think about it in two ways. So we might be going into a situation and we might be thinking it's going to turn out a certain way, usually negative. Somebody's going to say something about me when at the party, or my child is going to do this if I do that. And we begin to brace for the challenge. We either mentally brace with some worrying thoughts or buzzing thoughts to help us get through it, or we might even physically brace, like we might change our posture or tense up or have like kind of a grumpy face on. <laughs> and it's all about what we anticipate in the future, and it might not even happen. So we are equipping ourselves for a battle that might not even occur. So that's part of expecting things to not go well. And just an additional note, it's worth exploring the self-fulfilling prophecy element that might be a play in this kind of thinking. And you can see if it's in your life. Does this thought that, that this situation isn't going to go well contribute to the outcome of the situation? Does it have a negative effect on it? It's just something to look at, something to get to know and become more self-aware and observant to help you see what's happening clearly. The other way that we have expectations is that we put expectations on other people and situations and circumstances that are rather idyllic, like some thoughts of how clean our house should be as a mom or how life is supposed to be filled with only love and cuddles and giggles or how kids are supposed to behave or what interests they're supposed to have. And we have these expectations of how things are supposed to be and they might contrast with the way things really are. Feeling frustrated or upset that the expectation is not met can cause more stress and even in a moment of seeming relaxation. And as far as resisting the other side of the coin, that's the resisting of the way things are. When we resist the way things are, it takes a lot of energy, and it takes a lot of activation of storylines in our minds, maybe physical tension in our body, of work to try to change it, possibly change things that are unchangeable, that we're not in control of. We might even be resisting events as they unfold or the way they unfolded in the past. And we might even be actively resisting circumstances that we're in right now or resisting other people's choices or other people's behaviors. This resistance to the way things are. This is one that I know that I struggle with. Even as I'm writing this episode, even as I was writing this episode, I was resisting the way life was. I was wanting to focus on this and it's doing something I really enjoy organizing this content, thinking about these ideas. And I was also helping my kids take showers and the shower situation was taking longer than I thought it should. And I felt this frustration and this heat and tension rising up in my body, building and building. And so I watched it happen. I handled it as well as I did, <laughs> not perfectly. But as 
the more I was able to see what was happening, I could then respond more skillfully than if I didn't look at it. Once you see a situation clearly and become aware of it, then you can proceed skillfully rather than just let it build up and build up and build up until there's like this ultimate explosion of resistance. It's a lot of energy that we can build up resisting the way things are. So we've talked about three obstacles that might be getting in the way of the benefits of relaxation practices. We talked about old coping tools and how they can keep us stuck in unhelpful patterns. We've talked about our perception of stress and how we can choose to see it as common in our situation and our circumstance and to believe that we will make it through. And we've talked about how our expectations and our resistance to the current moment can be two sides of one coin and how we can put so much energy into the way we think things should be that it overrides any relaxation available to us in a given moment. So this week is all about self-awareness and observing your obstacles. You could approach this week in scientist mode, just observing, looking for patterns, getting to know this side of yourself, and offering yourself non-judgment and kindness during this exploration phase. Developing this level of self-honesty is amazing because if you're honest with yourself, you're going to have more mindful moments. You're going to be increasing the frequency of that beautiful moment of choice. If you start to notice yourself becoming hard on yourself for these patterns, remember self-compassion. Self-compassion is offering yourself that kindness, that reminder that this is a human experience. You are one of many people with this type of obstacle. People all over the world are dealing with this kind of challenge, including myself. And it's something that we can just accept as a human condition. It's part of living. It's part of being human and it's part of being a mom. And you are in good company. So if you find yourself needing some more help with self-compassion, check out the 7 Days to Self-Compassion course linked below. Self-compassion is the reason that I became a mindfulness teacher. It was so helpful. And I tell you more about that story in that course. But you can always reach out to me if you have any questions about using self-compassion or if you notice yourself being hard on yourself as you go through learning about your patterns. And so for those of you interested, I'll offer a few practices for the week. As for the meditation, I would suggest sticking with the relax and retune meditation from last week. A link to those meditations is in the show notes. And the pearl or the practice in real life that I'm offering is a guided practice in real life for doing the dishes. It's like a meditation while doing real life. You get to push play on your, your phone and do the dishes. So I'll walk you through a mindfulness experience of dishes and introduce more relaxation because we all do the dishes and many of us do them when we're tired and there's more things to do besides just dishes. So if we can build in a little more relaxation during this time that we know that we are going to be having, we're going to increase our moments of relaxation that will build up more and more into our trait of relaxed. So if you're part of the Mama Simpatico Village, I'll have a journal in there that you can print or use digitally that will help you explore these three areas of obstacles and how they play out in your life. Okay, well, that is about it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to practice with others this week, come check out the Mama Simpatico Village we would love to have you. We do live 
practices together, and I offer mindfulness integration support. We all learn from each other, and together we help raise the tide of happiness and mom life. Thanks again for listening. I wish you wellness this week, and I will hopefully talk to you next time. Take care.